This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Honey. The public televised live streamed January 6th hearings by the House Select Committee started on Thursday of last week and they will extend until the end of June and then they'll continue in September as the committee attempts to show what led to and inspired the attacks on the U.S. Capitol, essentially placing the blame where a majority of the country knows it belongs at the feet of former President Donald J. Trump, whose lies regarding an unfair and rigged election, as well as a rally in Washington, D.C., clearly inspired a wide swath of loyalists to violently infiltrate the Capitol building, which of course led to just absolutely surreal scenes of violence, destruction, injuries, and the deaths of five people. It was a real wild January 6th. Yeah. So yeah, in the year and a half since the insurrection, we've mainly witnessed the court cases involving the participants who actually physically entered the building or were involved in the riotous scene outside. Uh, Everyone from your average brainwashed Trump fanboys who argued that things merely got a little bit out of hand and that they were, you know, they just got swept up in the chaos. It happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the way to like, you know, the QAnon shaman who seemed to sort of revel in the attention until he didn't. Yeah. To, To those who not only anticipated violence and confrontation from police, but actively sought it out and meticulously planned for it. These people, many of whom have already been tried and sentenced, thought they were justified in fighting for a guy who'd had the election and the office of president uh, stolen from him. And uh, the reason they thought this was because uh, he told them so. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. And in a few not so subtle words, uh, Trump also seemed to directly inspire violence against the government officials who had wronged him, including his own vice president, Mike Pence. Sometimes it be your own vice president. Yeah. Uh, So this is what these select committee public hearings are focused on, uh, why this happened, how it happened, and who's responsible. So far, these have just been two hearings with around six more before the end of June. So let's just bring you up to speed on what's been revealed so far since coverage started late last week. On day one of the hearings, the committee came to the official conclusion that Donald Trump was the person responsible for the events that played out on January 6th. I'm shocked. Uh, They showed video footage from those within Trump's political and family circle, including clips and footage of uh, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. hostage videos. It's it's a weird thing to watch. Very strange. They they focus uh, heavily on the fact that Trump knew and was repeatedly informed by those around him that the stolen election narrative was completely false and that he continued to parrot these false statements with the intent to stage what appears to be a coup. Uh, The hearing on Thursday started with an extended video compilation of what took place on January 6th, which featured previously unreleased footage from that day, including security camera footage from inside the Capitol itself. Yeah, sort of like the director's cut. It was the Snyder cut of uh, Insurrection. Yeah, the Snyder cut of J6. It also featured testimony from two uh, live witnesses who were there. Um, Here's Washington Post with more on this. Caroline Edwards, a U.S. Capitol police officer seriously injured as pro-Trump rioters forced their way into the building, described the scene as carnage. Nick Quested, a British filmmaker who embedded with and documented the activities of an extremist group, the Proud Boys, said he watched, quote, the crowd turn from protesters to rioters to insurrectionists. According to snippets of testimony played by Cheney, that's Liz Cheney, yeah. uh, Trump's Attorney General William P. Barr told Trump his claims were complete nonsense. Ivanka Trump was persuaded by the assurance. I respect Attorney General Barr. Um, so I accepted what he said was saying. Yeah, I mean, I trusted what he said. And uh, if he said my dad was lying, then... Uh... <laughs> 
that's probably what happened. Ivanka was a moron. I've never met my daughter never in met my her. life. Especially like Jared Kushner does a good job of, not a good job, but tries to distance himself uh, from the situation as well. And it's like, you know, Trump is just fuming behind the scenes. That dirtbag husband of yours, Ivanka, what did you have him do? He's not even a real man. Sometimes it'd be your own son-in-law. Yeah. So yeah, Ivanka was referring in that quote to the statements that were made by Bill Barr that were backed up by his own video testimony for the committee, which uh, that was also played. Uh, Here's what he said. I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit. And... uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it. And that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I'm resigning. Like, my job here is with done. literally like a week left in the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't handle any of this anymore. I, I won't stand by and let this happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, finally, something has crossed my, I, my morals. I need to clear my conscience by uh, quitting my job as attorney general literally at the last possible moment. So this hearing served as a reminder of how serious the actions taken on January 6th actually were and how Trump was directly responsible for it, with more detailed and specific hearings to follow, one of which we got on Monday of this week. But before we get into that one, we should look at Trump's response to day one of these hearings, lest there be any confusion as to whether or not he actually supported what went down. In a post to Truth Social, which, yes, he's actually using yeah. it, Trump not only called what unfolded on January 6th, quote, the greatest movement in the history of our country, but also continued to perpetuate the lie of a rigged and stolen election. Quote, January 6th was not simply a protest. It represented the greatest movement in the history of our country to make America great again. It was about an election that was rigged and stolen and a country that was about to go to hell. Wow. So the hearing on Monday of this week specifically focused on the efforts of Trump to spread false and fraudulent information, despite knowing that he'd actually legitimately lost the election. And there were some real doozies that came out of this hearing, including the revelation, the shocking revelation, that a drunk Rudy Giuliani had instructed the president to declare victory over Joe Biden on election night, despite there not being a verified winner uh, and despite uh, one of the biggest like nails in the election coffin, uh, Arizona going to Trump as uh, verified by Fox News of all places. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, we, when Fox uh, verified that before anyone else, like, okay. This I is, mean, me and you were done. about eight in eight hours into our live streaming about, coverage by then. About eight hours and eight beers. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> I was fucking delirious at that yeah. point. Uh, that video is still up. If you want to relive that carnage. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Rudy Giuliani just dabbing his forehead repeatedly, Mr. President, just say that you won. Uh, visibly Ooh. drunk to uh, yeah. it, many witnesses, a, but specifically one who was in a disposi- uh, deposition which admitted that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it sounds like Rudy uh, might have been drunk for a lot of the times where he was observed. There was being many uh, situations where you would be shocked that he was sober uh, <laughs> throughout yeah. Trump's presidency. But I, this is all like, you know, for years... Everyone, you know, we need someone to run this country like a business. We need a businessman who's not tainted by politics. And they finally got their wish. And uh, I mean, this is this is how businessmen who've been at the the top of their little pile for their entire lives. This is how they react to being told no. Mm -hmm. They say, figure it out. Make it happen. Mm -hmm. No, I refuse to accept that. Um, We will win this election. So. Do whatever you got to do to do. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, this uh, the bit of information about uh, old Rudy hitting sauce uh, came from former Trump campaign chairman Bill Stepien. 
asked what he recalled about Giuliani's actions at the White House on election night, Stefian said, um, he was, um, they were, I had heard that he was upstairs, you know, in that aforementioned reception area, and, um, he was looking to talk to the president, and it was suggested instead that he come talk to several of us down off the map room. Uh, during his testimony before the committee, Miller was asked if there was anyone in that conversation who, in your observation, had too much to drink. Ah, Mayor Giuliani, Miller replied. Tell me about that, the committee counsel asked. What was your observation about his potential intoxication during that discussion about what the president should say when he addressed the nation on election night? And the mayor was definitely intoxicated, but I do not um, know that his level of talk intoxication when he spoke uh, with the president, for example. There were suggestions by, I believe it was Mayor Giuliani to go and declare victory and say that we won it outright. I think effectively Mayor Giuliani was saying we won it, they're stealing it from us. Where'd all the votes come from? We need to go say that we won. And essentially that anyone who didn't agree with that position was being weak. So drunk Rudy Giuliani got a lot of the early headlines from Monday's hearing, but there was far more compelling evidence and testimony laid out from a variety of sources that went into details regarding a stolen election or the stolen election claims, including uh, a former Fox News digital politics editor, a conservative lawyer, the former U.S. attorney, and a former Republican elected official, who all said it was clear President Joe Biden won the election and Trump's claims of fraud were nonsense. Uh, notably absent from in-person testimony was the previously mentioned Bill Stepien, Trump's former campaign manager, who pulled out at the last second due to his wife going into labor. But they played his previous testimony, which is where the drunk Rudy quote came from. But again, former Attorney General Bill Barr, he was a, a main focus in this. Uh, where deposition from Barr repeatedly indicated that Trump willingly avoided accepting reality and chose to perpetuate the conspiracy. It's all about, it's the power of positive thinking. It's the secret. He put, he put it up on his vision board and he manifested it. Mm -hmm. There was never an indication of interest in what the actual facts were. My opinion then and my opinion now is that uh, the election was not stolen by fraud. I was somewhat demoralized because I thought, boy, if he really believes this stuff, he has you know, lost contact with, uh, with uh, he, he's become detached from reality. Uh, during Monday's hearing, Barr dismantled specific Trump-backed claims about illegal vote dumps in Detroit, nationwide vote rigging by Dominion with its election machines, and other conspiracy theories. Barr told the committee that Trump claimed there was major fraud underway right out of the box on election night before there was actually any potential of looking at evidence. And uh, regarding those Dominion machines, the, the bane of Mike Lindell's existence, yeah. uh, quote, I specifically raised the Dominion voting machines, which I found to be among the most disturbing allegations. Disturbing in the sense that I saw absolutely zero basis for the allegations, but they were made in such a sensational way that they obviously were influencing a lot of people, members of the public. They also went into detail about how the perpetuation of the stolen election narrative was a huge source of fundraising for Trump. The panel made the case that Trump's false claims about voter fraud dovetailed with his campaign's fundraising effort, resulting in $250 million being donated to Trump and his allies, including solicited requests for an, quote, official election defense fund that did not exist. Uh, so <laughs> always be grifting. Uh, yeah, the financial issues here also indicated that uh, in what will come as a shock to no one, Trump's family directly benefited from fundraising based off the rigged election narrative. I'm shocked. 
Uh, in one specific example, Representative Zoe Lofgren said that the committee has evidence that members of the Trump family personally benefited from money that was raised based on the former president's false election claims. Lofgren said specifically that Kimberly Guilfoyle was paid a $60,000 speaking fee for introducing her fiance, Donald Trump Jr., at the January 6th ellipse rally that immediately preceded the Capitol riot. I love that. That's uh, that's just Hollywood accounting. That's a that's, uh, hefty sack of change for uh, uh, introducing your fiance. I love I love the self dealing. I love how because again, this is the same shit. It, like his whole life in these in these people's world, that's just like how shit works. You get into politics, it's like no, you can't. Well, can't really do that. And the thing is, too, like, uh, I would not be surprised if uh, this is also news to Kim Kimberly Guilfoyle. It was <laughs> like, they told me I got paid $5,000 yeah. for introducing Don Jr. Donald. <laughs> and the other 55000 Jr. directly into someone else's pockets. So, yeah, these hearings are going to continue throughout the month of June and into September. Uh, and, and right when the, you know, the primetime TV season ends, uh, here you go. New show just dropped. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the next ones are scheduled for Wednesday and Thursday of this week. And according to the Washington Post, the first will detail how Trump corruptly planned to replace top Justice Department officials with his allies. And Thursdays will spend significant time on the pressure Trump and his allies put on Pence to overturn the election results on January 6th, something Pence said was wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, they add that in its final June hearings, the committee will revisit Trump's actions the day of the attack. The committee has accused him of having summoned right-wing groups to attack the Capitol, then resisting calls by his allies and family to tell the attackers to go home. But he you know, did he, eventually he tell Eventually he did. I love you. I want you to be safe. Yeah. Please go home. Yeah. Daddy wants you to go home. Uh, some would say a little too late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like 8 p.m. in D.C. All right, all right, all right, all right. Like they were already, I mean, there's maybe people milling around the, the Capitol area, but it was already over. People were like, what? Well, something's, Trump was supposed to be here by now. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should probably leave before we get arrested. Uh, anyways, in one of uh, the ongoing ripple effects of his presidency, groups of people that definitely still held racist, homophobic, or fascist beliefs in the shadows of society were seemingly coaxed out into public through what they saw as validation of their beliefs and, of, of course, the organizational power of social media. And those people, they're not getting pushed back into the shadows uh, yeah. without a fight. Now, not saying that white supremacists and white nationalists weren't being openly racist in recent years before Charlottesville, but they typically did so in the shadows and generally to the dismay of uh, what you would hopefully assume is a majority of Americans, regardless of political affiliation. Uh, the Internet brought recruitment efforts into the mainstream, and the Trump presidency essentially threw gasoline on these various movements. Uh, of course, as we've seen, members of these types of groups, they were involved in January 6th, but they've also been active before and in the time since. Uh, this weekend saw not one, but two of these groups attempt to cause chaos, specifically targeting events occurring in Pride Month. Homophobia is back in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yay. So, uh, yeah, one of these involved the Proud Boys who entered a library for the first time in their lives to antagonize and threaten the hosts and attendees of a uh, drag queen story hour thing. Now, according to local outlet SFGate, one of the hosts of the event said they were targeted by a group of eight to ten Proud Boys who stormed the room and shouted homophobic and transphobic threats at them, forcing them to leave the event with a security guard and hide in a back office. The Alameda County Sheriff's Office said that police responded to a report of a disturbance at the library around 1.30 p.m. and discovered five men described as members of the Proud Boys organization. The men were described as extremely aggressive with a threatening, violent demeanor, causing people to fear for their safety, the Sheriff's Office said. 
The sheriff's office said an active hate crime investigation is underway, as is an investigation into the annoying and harassing of children. You are under arrest for being annoying. You have annoyed children. Guilty. You know how hard it is to annoy a child? They are the most annoying creatures on earth, yeah. aside from the Proud Boys. Yeah, step aside, children. The Proud yeah. Boys are here. <laughs> the new annoying kings are here. I'll show you how it's done. Uh, so the other incident, which was actually stopped by police before the group yeah. could arrive at their targeted location, resulting in... Uh, it is a funny scene, but it's also a very serious scene. Oh, no, it's... Uh, if these guys had... If they hadn't been stopped, it's, it is scary to think what might have happened. Because these guys... I mean, like, the Proud Boys are bad enough, but, like... The Patriot Front people are, it's, they're way more into like the whole accelerationist yeah. aspect of this where it's like uh, they genuinely believe that you got to do uh, terrorism to uh, and there know, were a speed lot of things them. up and get us to the fascist society that they There was a of. lot of them. They were organized and they had gear with them. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like any like guns or whatever, but uh, spears? Something resembling spears and riot gear. So lame. Just go um, play D&D, &D, you fucking nerds. Yes. Uh, so, yes, this involved a white nationalist group, as Elliot said, called Patriot Front, who had planned to riot at a pride event in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Beautiful Coeur d'Alene. It is. Uh, the group's actions were thwarted when a concerned citizen contacted local police and alerted them to what the caller described as, quote, a little army getting into a moving truck. Uh, so about 10 minutes after the call, officers stopped the U-Haul and detained 31 people, police chief Lee White said. They were charged with misdemeanor conspiracy to riot. The group was dressed similarly, wearing khaki pants, blue shirts, and hats with plastic inside them, the chief said. They were also equipped with shields, shin guards, and other riot gear, along with papers White described as similar to an operations plan that a police or military group would put together for an event. Quote, it is clear to us, based on the gear that the individuals had with them, the stuff they had in their possession in the U-Haul with them, along with paperwork that was seized from them, that they came to riot downtown, White said. And yeah, while it is funny to look at this as some kind of dorky-ass LARP for a bunch of losers, especially when you see some of the footage of the bus, which shows the, the door to the U-Haul being lifted, just showing... So many dudes inside that truck. A real clown car. Yeah, they, they uh, open up the thing and, it's, and everyone whoa. has their hands up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're Clearly, they're just so shocked that their little plan didn't work. How is it possible that we're all being detained when the cops are supposed to be on our side? Yeah, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this, this isn't part of the plan. So, yeah, it, it is extremely important to recognize that this was a serious threat to people who were just out celebrating the freedom to live their lives how they see fit. Um, freedoms that freedoms uh, that might are go threatened. away. Yeah. yeah, very much under threat. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of this, it's wild. Like, if you'd asked me 10 years, like, if we were going to regress socially in this way, I would in, have in said you were insane. In like, such a drastic no. manner, too, yeah. so quickly. So, yeah, a truck filled the brim with a literal hate group was headed towards a pride event. And the results of this type of intense confrontation are horrific to think about. Uh, still... How gay is it that 31 dudes got in their little costumes and crammed into a new U-Haul together, rubbing all up on each other's bodies in the summer heat and just basking yeah. in their each other's essence? Yeah, each I mean, other's musks probably smelled really good in there. I'm, yeah, I'm glad they were caught. Mm -hmm. Of course, very thankful to the, uh, I guess, the one person who's like, excuse that's, me, uh, that's uh, a bit odd. <laughs> I'm going to call the police. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's strange. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so good for that person. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we promised there are some lighter topics to round out this episode, uh, including some gaming news and a potential chupacabra sighting. Don't call it that. It is a uh, unidentified Amarillo uh, object. A potential chupacabra sighting. Let me have some fun here. All right. 
But uh, first, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsor, Honey. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or your computer. And we all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down. All you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop. I have a recent one. Uh, I saw in a store uh, a monocu monocular, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm always trying to find the sweet spot in, in binoculars. Yeah. This one's great. I just closed the one eye, look through it. Uh, very, you can, very. You can spy on so many birds. I, I do love watching the birds. And uh, in this season of California, the wildfires. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I saw it in the store, and I was like, ah, I bet I could find this online for cheaper, and went on my iPhone and got a 12% off discount code through Damn. Honey to get my monocular, uh, which resulted, I talked about this thing for days. Turns out, I saw Top Gun over the weekend. There's a monocular in the movie. And both me and my wife, because I talked about it so much, went, monocular! Monocular. The hot new thing. I like it. And I got a discount because of Honey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also Father's Day's coming up. Get your dad something nice. So Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It, of course, works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It is literally free. It installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We would never recommend something we don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash ITDaily. That is joinhoney.com slash ITDaily. I Monocular. see you. All right. I got my eye on you. <laughs> my one eye. <laughs> also great for people who are half blind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need the whole set. I'm working my way up to an actual like ship's captain yeah. monocular. That would be a lot funnier. Anyways, back into the news now with the one thing that can inspire the imaginations of a very tired nation. And at the very least, divert attention away from the constant onslaught of bad news. That's cryptid sightings. Yeah. They're back and better than ever. Yep. Every once in a while, we get something new from the world of cryptids, and uh, we all know that there has to be some kind of rational explanation for what's being seen, but hey, it's still fun to think about. And Bigfoot fascination, it's peaked already. It's got TV shows, roadside attractions, and at least one politician who has written erotica based on the creature. So I think we're all clear there. Yeah. Um, there's big business backing cryptids like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, even the New Jersey Devil and the Mothman, who made an appearance in Fallout 76. A video game. Yeah. Now, it's easy with all of those other cryptids to forget the humble, elusive, and downright terrifying Chupacabra, a.k.a. the Goat Sucker. Literally the Goat Sucker. Sightings of the Chupacabra, which is often described as a cross between an alien and dog-like creature, stretch all the way back to the 1970s and typically coincide with the slaughter of farm animals and domestic pets. But the Chupacabra leaves the bodies of these animals behind, consuming only their blood for sustenance. But reports of chupacabras have dwindled in recent years, mostly because their sightings have been attributed to, uh, it's usually uh, just actual coyotes or feral dogs. It might have rabies, mange. I mean, have you ever seen a, a sick, wild uh, coyote? It's scary. It is a scary looking thing that does not resemble what it actually they is. They forget their dogs. They get up on their hind legs and try to fight you like a man. <laughs> But uh, footage was recently released of an unexplained creature captured by security cameras outside of a zoo in Amarillo, Texas. Was this the chupacabra plotting a feast at this 
veritable buffet of delicious animals? How did it know what a zoo is? It smelled all the animals. Seems plausible, or at least possible. <laughs> yeah. So over the weekend, a tweet from the official City of Amarillo account went viral, which said, The Amarillo Zoo captured a strange image outside the zoo in the dark and early morning hours of May 21st, around 1.25 a.m. Is it a person with a strange hat who likes to walk at night? A chupacabra? Do you have any ideas of what this UAO, unidentified Amarillo object, could be? And attached to the tweet was this image captured from the camera footage, which, uh, I mean, that's definitely something. It certainly is. Uh, it looks like Rocket Raccoon, maybe? I, yeah, I think it is looks this, like Ro Rocket Raccoon. This is, uh, this is just Disney marketing. <laughs> but, I mean, I, some were saying Chupacabra, some were saying Skinwalker. That's true, is, that was uh, the other... Which is less of a cryptid and more of a sort of uh, supernatural uh, Native American creature that... Um, disguises itself as other animals mm -hmm. and tries to, uh, it's a shapeshifter. Yes. Very scary. Yeah, could be that. Um, could be anything at this yeah. point. Anyways, here's more from reputable news outlet CBS <laughs> News. Members of the zoo were casually looking at footage from game cameras placed throughout it when they came across the photo, according to Michael Kashuba, the Parks and Recreation Department director for the city of Amarillo. He told CBS News on Thursday that the cameras only take photos. Okay, there you go. there it is. And the now famous picture overlooks an open area of the park right outside the zoo that doesn't receive heavy traffic. He said a staff member had sent him the image, and after conferring with other coworkers, they reached a consensus. Nobody could figure out what it was. And so that's where we decided to kind of reach out to our community to see if there was any thoughts on what it could potentially be, he said. Many social media users thought it could be a skinwalker, a mythological creature in Navajo tradition that can shapeshift into an animal. Clearly a skinwalker phasing between two densities slash dimensions, and what better place but the zoo? I mean, duh, one Twitter user replied. Yeah, if you're a skinwalker and you're, uh, you're looking, you're trying to be convincing and you're shapeshifting, what better place to visit than the local zoo? You can be like, okay, all right. Make, taking a mental note of what all these animals look like for future yeah, shape-shifting purposes. It got into the body of a wolf, and then it was walking away, and another skinwalker was like, hey, you idiot, they walk on all fours, you <laughs> stupid oh, idiot. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, one tweet that CBS decided not to report on, though, offered the most detailed enhancement of the image that we've seen so far. Uh, a user named Cooters displayed a mock-up of the creature that they call Chupachan, a sexy, voluptuous cryptid that is on the hunt for more than blood. Adding a quote for the creature, which reads, I'm trying to be cryptic, but I'm too dummy thick, and the clap my ass makes keeps activating the infrared trail cams. Whatever the case may be, and whatever this thing is, it certainly got the attention of locals and the internet alike. But yes, we would also like to request that they do actually release some footage of this thing, because that would seemingly clear things up pretty quickly. Get an actual video trail cam. Yeah, uh, set your machine. Now that you know there's a cryptid on the loose, um, yeah. have it, have it, come on. No, it's, it's, stream it's it on Twitch, just like that giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. The only problem is then, like, when you stream it on Twitch, you're going to get, like, kids dressed up in a, a werewolf suit. That's on true. the camera, yeah. but uh, it's a great way to monetize for the zoo. Yeah, uh, and also great marketing for the city of Amarillo. We are more than just those cars stuck in the ground. Oh, that's I think, where the I think that's what Amarillo, the, like Stonehenge Ranch. Uh, yeah, I think that's in Amarillo. I've been there once. It was uh, cars in a field, which is what I expected. I mean, I didn't go out of my way for yeah. it. We were driving by anyway. Decided to stop, but uh, you know, it's cool. It's Texas. It's Next time we can go to the zoo. Be like, this is where that yeah. skinwalker slash chupacabra was. Maybe we'll see the skinwalker. Yeah.
Anyways, let's move on to another story that involves what appears to be an evil, vindictive animal. And disclaimer, neither we nor you are allowed to laugh or even smirk at the following story. We will be reading it without emotion and straight uh, from the reporting while yeah. offering no commentary at all. This is this is really this uh, is not funny. This is bad, but it's uh you know it's fascinating. Fascinating animal news here. Yes. An elephant that killed a woman in India returned to her funeral and trampled on her corpse, local police have said. Jesus fucking Christ. I know. It, it, it went back for more. So police said Maya Murmu had been fetching water from a well in the eastern Indian state of Odisha on Thursday when an elephant came barreling toward her, according to the print India. The elephant trampled the woman who ultimately died of her injuries at a nearby hospital, police told the outlet Saturday. Murmu's family was then performing her last rites before lighting a funeral pyre when the elephant allegedly returned and grabbed her body. The animal threw the corpse in the air and then ran away, the local outlet reported. Apparently, the family was able to continue the ceremony and the elephant did not return. I'm sure they were on edge. Did this lady and this elephant have a history? This is some very vindictive, uh, it's personal. This is, this is not, uh, doesn't seem so random. And what well, are the odds? My, my first thought was like, maybe this elephant was like abused or something in a, in a unofficial zoo scenario. Um, but it appears to have escaped from like a vast, uh, anything that I could find online was that this place is okay. Uh, animal refuge. Wildlife oh, refuge. So uh, there is uh, elephants. There's a long history of uh, basically as soon as elephants learn that they can uh, kill people easily. They because do it. They can. They become serial killers. There's been like many, many examples of this over the years and India in particular, uh, where it probably out of anywhere else in the world. It's where the most people live alongside the most elephants. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there's been uh, elephant rampages where like. Dozens of people get killed. Uh, they have the same thing. Like every couple of years, a, a tiger in India just gets a taste for human blood. And yeah. just like they have to, everyone, they got to fucking hunt that thing down. See, that's the thing is I don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about this wildlife refuge. I, from the stuff I read online, it doesn't seem like they've had any controversies that I can find. There might be. Either way, this elephant was fucking pissed. Yeah. And this lady bore the brunt of it not once, but twice. That's wild. Yeah. That's, it's terrible. And uh, yeah. And not funny. I, I, I don't envy these people that have to live next to megafauna. Yep. It's, uh, seems scary. Mm -hmm. But anyway, moving over some lighter news, some yeah. gaming news. What's up, gamers? Hey, gamers. Uh, so the Summer Game Fest, which is, I guess, taking over for E3 this year and probably throughout the rest of time because E3 is irrelevant, has been playing out since late last week. But the, the biggest announcements and debuts came this past weekend. And the largest amount of chatter and coverage that we've seen out of these events is focused mainly on one title. Fool me once, fool me twice. <laughs> Bethesda's got a new game coming <laughs> called Starfield. And it is going to be perfect. Everything you see in the Starfield trailer, it's going to be all this and more upon the game's release. Yes. We guarantee it. <laughs> that is a That's a Todd, Todd promise. Howard that's a Todd Howard guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> How and many I times clapped. does he have to teach us this lesson? But look, it, it looks good. I mean, they they are owned by Microsoft now, right? Yeah, so that's uh, that, you would that hope actually that... is like reassuring. Like the we li the age of mergers and acquisitions we live in uh, sucks in a lot of ways. But like Bethesda, uh, out of all the big game companies, probably needed to be reined in by uh, <laughs> someone someone else. Uh, there was a a, a report last week or the week before about the uh, game testers who worked on Fallout 76 
and just horrific from the inside. Uh, not very good. And then, like, dealing with a game that they know is broken yeah. and repeatedly telling them why it's broken and then having to hear it from people the, on the, the internet. That game engine is, like, 20 years old. It's just been, like, band-aided and duct-taped together. Like it's, <laughs> And I believe that's what they're using in Starfield. Uh, I might be wrong about that. But, but, hey, look, we're in the phase of enjoying the hype, okay? Yeah. This This game, it could be the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah. I mean, look. You can say what you want about Fallout 76 and uh, a couple of their other projects, but Skyrim, fucking amazing game. Yeah, that's, uh, Fallout on, 4. on every platform they've released it on. Yeah, Skyrim, Fallout 4. Uh, despite what a lot of Fallout purists would say, I thought it was I just, fine. It's great. Yeah, it, um, definitely not the best Fallout game, but I, I enjoyed it. Well, if you like Fallout and you like space, yeah, you might like Starfield. Starfield. So yeah, this is a very ambitious title from a company that hasn't had the greatest track record in more recent years despite creating some of the best video games of all time. Yeah. Um, Starfield looks like it could become one of those greatest games ever due to its scale, story, and all of its features, but it boils down to one easy way to describe the game, which is both a hopeful and cautionary sign. It's literally Fallout mixed with No Man's Sky, or as some are calling it, No Man's Skyrim. Yes. It, Get it? It looks and appears to play like a Bethesda version of No Man's Sky. And that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as the game is able to deliver on all of its promises. I mean, even though it's running on this engine, it looks beautiful. The gameplay looks fun. Uh, but it also seems to suffer from an extremely limited and sometimes very choppy frame rate. Mm. Like, you know, these streams aren't going to be perfect. But, you know, when Todd Howard's up there talking, I, I'm looking at a pretty decent frame rate. And when uh, the there's parts of the gameplay where it's like, yeah, this is smooth. Even at 30 frames on an Xbox, like, I would probably enjoy this. But then there's some parts where, like, action happens, and it's like, yeah, you can see a, a drop in frame rate. And that's not a, a great sign. Um, it was like uh, the one day that I played Fallout 76. Uh, it was like, I remember some boss fight where, like, that engine just cannot handle... Like, five like, frames a second. Yeah, like, a, even on a PC. Some giant boss that shoots, uh, there's, like, new light sources and stuff, it just grinds to a fucking halt. Yeah. So. I mean, you you would assume that they would have captured the best... Pos this was the best that yeah. they got. This is the best this is footage what from the showing game. Off. This is their... They, they announced this shit, like, six years ago. Here yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. But also, because the games are known for their performance issues and instability in some cases, so it would not be surprising at all yeah. if this game was glitchy as hell when it was released. Hopefully all these kinks are ironed out in time for release, but realistically it might take years for the game to play well and look perfect. Again, if you're ever in doubt, just do what Elliot does and wait two years. Pay half the price, pay 100%, play 100% of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Civ. In which I case mean, you will go in blind. Not even two years. Usually I'd say 60 days for most games is enough to... At least get past all the, like, day one shit. Yeah, uh, well, in the case of something like Cyberpunk, almost a year before yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, Cyberpunk was a very special case, although I got Cyberpunk right when it came out, and it ran pretty much fine for me, so yeah. I don't know. Anyways, in this game, you can explore, you can build bases, you can build ships and drive them around. You can visit any of the apparent 1,000 planets that are in the game. Okay. Uh, and, of course, there is a linear, narrative-driven campaign to get you going, something that No Man's Sky lacked. Uh, again... There are No Man's Sky purists who love that and just love having a game where they can build and do whatever they want. Yeah. But uh, it would have been compelling for a lot of idiots like me to have a cohesive, narrative-driven story that I can follow easily yeah. to get me into the further grind. 
Uh, anyways, we'll leave a link in the description so you can go watch all of the announcements and footage from this game. It looks ambitious, and it looks like it could be great. Uh, aside from that, Blizzard shows up. The worst time for Blizzard to show off Diablo 4 footage, because... Hey, you all got computers, right? If you shut out the very idea of Demo Diablo Immortal existing, yeah. and you look at this, you're like, hey, cool. Like, this looks... A like real a, Diablo game. It looks like a fun Diablo game with uh, a lot of, like, MMO aspects yeah. tied into it. But you have that nagging sense in the back of your mind that this is going to be monetized as poorly as Diablo Immortal and is essentially just going to be a higher-end Diablo Immortal. And it's going to be hard for anyone to shake that notion until mm. the game is released and they prove otherwise, despite clearly stating that it will not have the same uh, predatory monetization things, which is a kind of a, a bold thing for Blizzard to essentially admit. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. That thing's... That mobile game? That thing that's just a... That's just for the whales. <laughs> don't worry about it. They're making it so that Diablo 4 is yeah. possible. They're paying for Diablo 4 with uh, our gotcha game tactics. Yeah. Anyways, uh, from what they showed, it looks great. I'm always trying to be hopeful about things, so it's another one that I'm hopeful for. Anyway, before we go, here's some good news for people who like looking at space in real life. Yes. Not just in video games. <laughs> Go outside and touch space. Touch space. Uh, Tuesday night will feature another supermoon in the skies above. I know. Didn't we just have? Well, that was like a, what was that, a blood moon the or blood whatever? blood moon. There's all sorts of moons. That was an eclipse. Slaps moon. We got all sorts of different moons. It's, the, it's That moon is always up to something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unpredictable. <laughs> Can't put that moon in a box. Mm -mm. So uh, here's NPR with the info on this. Attention, amateur astronomers. The moon will look unusually full and bright on Tuesday night. Thick moon. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't need a high-tech telescope or fancy binoculars or a monocular Hell yeah. to admire it. June's full moon is commonly known as the Strawberry Moon. Delicious. A name that comes from the Algonquin Native American tribe in the northeastern U.S. and eastern Canada and refers to the region's strawberry harvesting season, not the moon's actual hue. Oh. <laughs> it's deceiving. And this June, it happens to be at its closest distance to Earth in its orbit, making it a supermoon by most standards. NASA says the supermoon appears about 17% bigger and 30% brighter than the faintest moon of the year when it's farthest from Earth in its orbit. Supermoons are relatively rare, happening three to four times a year and always consecutively. So, it's going to be going to be a good night for my monocular. Big night for uh, Space werewolves. Ooh, that's the thing. The chupacabra is coming back. And you'll be able to see it better because it'll be lit by the night sky. Yeah. The moon. Nature's nightlight. That's right. <laughs> Put a fucking camera. If you're the Amarillo Zoo and you don't have a fucking live stream set up for Twitch, yeah. what are you doing? What they are have, you doing? They have a stream where people just watch a stop sign to see if people are going to stop at it or not. Yeah. They and they, they We watched a giraffe not give birth for like three months before it actually happened. R.I.P. There is a, a rabid fan base out here, especially for cryptids. So, yeah. I say go for it. Do it. Anyways, if you missed it uh, and you want to talk, or you want to see more about uh, people LARPing, this time as Americans, not Americans LARPing as uh, military organizations, uh, please watch our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News and our most recent episode of News Dump right over there for you to check out. News Dump covers all the Diablo Immortal shit along with a bunch of other entertainment news. Check both of those videos out. Subscribe to the channel. Click the join button if you want to. Leave a comment and we'll see you soon. Bye.